0: my friends and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am super excited to be here today with Sarah Sandell. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing
1: super well. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm excited Uh, to be here. Yes, I am so happy to have you. Uh, Sarah is a 2019 graduate of our program, and she is currently the coordinator for outdoor recreation at Cal Poly's um, Associated Students Incorporated. And uh that's a that's a mouthful, but um, she essentially runs all of the poly escapes programs, right, right Sarah?
1: Correct. Yes, that is correct.
0: I, I love it. And and there there are um a, a ton of our listeners um know the name poly escapes for sure, and um and also, of course, know those three letters that uh that are uh such a part of your uh college experience here at Cal Poly, A S I. And um you know i i i think so much of asi we're going to we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about campus recreation and what a great career opportunity it is um uh you know uh, i know dr g uh dr goldenberg um worked in campus recreation previously um i did myself for for 3 years and um I'm always um, we we we've we've had an, an amazing pipeline over the years, Sarah, of of students who work for ASI, obviously, and now and then professionals who go on and and work for ASI. And so uh, I think it's super exciting to talk to you today. And um, and you know we have a we have a rich and proud history in outdoor recreation too. And so I'm excited to get to talk to you about that. Tell us uh, first of all, uh, Sarah, where are you from?
1: All right. I am from a small town in Northern California, right between Sacramento and South Lake Tahoe. So it's technically El Dorado Hills, but I went to, yeah, um, yeah, I went to high school closer to Placerville.
0: Nice, 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 Uh, nice. Well, you know, I have talked to a number of people from up in that general area and they're just, I I guess that that's the Sierras, right? Um, Yes. And uh, and so I, I would imagine that you grew up outdoors. Is that right? <laughs> I
1: did. I did. How fitting.
0: Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you were you were not uh, you did not have nature deficit disorder growing up, <laughs> I, I would say. Right. Definitely not. Definitely. Right.
1: not.
0: Right. So. T- so tell me, in addition to. um, you know, getting the hike and, and, um, were, were you a skier or where did you get into skiing or any of the water sports or anything like that? What, what were you into when you were young?
1: Yeah. So my family, um, you know, we definitely did a lot of stuff outside. We yeah. were fortunate enough to have a cabin, um, up in Markleyville that we often would visit as a family extended family, um, my close family as well. And so that definitely had a large impact on um, the way that I saw the world growing up. Um, additionally, played some soccer throughout my life. Yeah. Um, that was a huge part of me and my sister's life for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as far as water sports, we had a boat, which was yeah. super fun. And so yeah. it's really, it gets really, really hot up there in the summer. So yeah. having the opportunity to tube and wakeboard and, and ah. all of that good stuff. Um, I was never super into snow sports, so I was never very good at them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, growing up in North Carolina, I didn't I didn't get into snow sports until I moved to to Jackson, Wyoming uh, either because didn't have that much opportunity. But um, tell me uh, what your parents did. What did your parents do when you were growing up?
1: Yeah. So um, my entire life, my dad has been a commercial pilot. He flies for United. So that's huh? definitely just had a large impact on my family and yeah. the way that we see travel and um, just kind of an interesting job for a parent to have for sure growing up. How bad. Um, his degree is originally in biology. So then he joined the Air Force and opted into commercial flying after.
0: Right on.
1: Yeah. And oh, cool. um, what about your mom? My mom has a pretty strong background in business administration and uh-huh. uh, human resources. So... Between Purdue and the University of South Carolina, actually, um, she got her business admin degree. Right on. And yeah, just has experience in human resources and is a business administrative assistant. She worked at our school um, mm-hmm. when my sister and I were growing up, which was super cool. Nice. So yeah, that's what they did, and uh-huh. my dad still continues to fly.
0: Right on. Well, I've heard you talk about sister, so let's give let's give sister a shout out. Younger sister or older sister?
1: older sister
0: older sister how yes. how many years older
1: she is four sometimes five depending
0: on the time <laughs> okay. <of the> year. <laughs> I'm, I'm that's exactly me and my sister yeah if I'm four <laughs> sometimes five
1: <laughs> yeah we just missed um high school together unfortunately but,
0: right right yeah. what's your sister up to now
1: so she um, is she's pretty incredible. She was also involved in the adventure tourism industry for a while after college. Uh-huh. She lives down in Santa Barbara, so hop skip and a jump down the road. Um, and uh-huh. she was a guide for Santa Barbara Adventure Company, now Channel Islands Adventure Company. Uh-huh. Moved into the office and did some full-time work, um, and she's actually just wrapping up law school. She'll be done in December. Oh wow. So yeah. And on top of that, her and her partner Davis have the most incredible <laughs> child that has ever been born.
0: Oh. Yeah. So it's it. been Aunt super Aunt, fun. Aunt Sarah. Love Oh it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bet you're, you're spoiling you're spoiling, huh? Oh
1: yes. I also <laughs> have a brother who's um he's oh, 15 oh. years older than me, but he's in South
0: Carolina. Oh, right on. What what's he doing in South Carolina?
1: Yeah, so he works in loss prevention. He um, actually works for Harbor Freight and essentially uh-huh. just assures that things are in order on the mm-hmm. the packaging and factory side. Uh-huh. And then is just super interested in NASCAR, always has been, and has oh, a yeah. little yeah has a little side business with um, racing suits and fire suits and like team uniforms. It's pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, he's he's awesome,
0: too. That's cool. Very cool. Well, good shout outs to to brother and sister there. I love it. Um, oh, yeah. So now growing up in, um, you know, uh, north of Sacramento, little uh, that's, I guess, Davis territory, isn't it? Is Davis Very really good. close? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what brought you down to Davis's rival, Cal Poly? <laughs> uh, how did you know about Cal Poly? What uh, what was that that whole journey like?
1: Yeah, well, I remember when I was applying, I thought my sister went to school in Santa Barbara, so yeah. I kind of was thinking UC system or state system, right. and a lot of that had to do with the fact that you would fill out one application, and at the time, yeah. I just got to check a couple different boxes, Yeah. but I remember having a thought early in my mind that if I got into Cal Poly, I would go to Cal Poly. OK, um, I applied to a couple different places, but I want to say it was just like the prestige and the name that I had mm. kind of come to know. Um, mm. I told myself if I was given the opportunity, I got to go. And it worked out.
0: I love it. I love it. Now, um, was your sister in the outdoor recreation and adventure tourism? Did she kind of go down that path? Is that um, a path that you? started on initially when you got into the program? Um, or what was, what was that experience like? How did you, how did you find outdoor recreation?
1: Yeah, well, she actually started, she majored in kinesiology. So I think she was originally thinking physical therapy, maybe occupational Mm. therapy. Um, but yeah, just ended up taking some like camp environmental outdoor education jobs throughout college. And I Mm -hmm. think, um, yeah, had a really good setup with the Channel Islands Adventure Company. So that's kind of where she was at. And I remember sitting down with my dad at the computer and he was like, okay, Sarah, do you like English? I was like, no. He's like, okay. (laughs) Do you like math? I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, science. And I was like, maybe. Uh And then we literally just looked up like majors like right googled majors Cal Poly <laughs> right and found uh what was at the time Recreation Parks and Tourism Administration
2: yeah of course
1: and that immediately was like whoa I think I could do that that sounds yeah. really fun
0: yeah I love it I love it
1: <laughs> I love <laughs> hearing the
0: stories of how people find find us it's always great
1: mm-hmm. um
0: and, and, and so you I guess what I'm curious about is once you got here, like, uh, did you, was that growing up, like, you know, with the cabin in the woods and, and growing up in the Sierras, did you, what was the experience like of, of first finding your passion for outdoor recreation? Because, you know, you you've been on that path for a very long time, you know, from... Mm-hmm. From being uh, the deer program coordinator with Slow County Parks, um, being trip leader with with Escapes and all of that, and and working for California State Parks, like how did that um, how did that come about? Was was there an influence on that? Um, what what was that pathway like?
1: Yeah, so I definitely remember getting to Cal Poly and finding out at the time that um, there was an outdoor recreation management concentration. And that just sounded incredible. Um, I guess I had always been on the recreation and kind of facilities path without realizing it because I had worked mm-hmm. as a lifeguard in, um, yeah. in high school.
2: Yeah. There you so,
1: go. you know, I kind of just saw my boss. She was great, like what she did as a, as a programmer and a coordinator and mm. had some interest there, but honestly, didn't really know um. You know, if there was much op- opportunity outside of a park ranger or fish and wildlife, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a. So I talked to somebody that was a cruise ship recreationalist. So uh-huh. they did, yeah, they just did all the like crazy fun stuff for cruise ships. And right. that's kind of what I had in my mind going in. Mm-hmm. And then my. Horizons were just wildly broadened, getting to Cal Poly, speaking to all of the professors that have tourism experience, hospitality experience, marketing experience, all of these things that I didn't necessarily realize were under the umbrella of recreation. Right. But, um, yeah, I just remember finding outdoor recreation, finding... Marnie, who I yeah. will never not call Doctor G, right.
2: <laughs> it just feels exactly. wrong. Right. But
1: <laughs> finding out about her experience and facilitation and team building and all of these things that just like really aligned with what I thought sounded like a blast.
0: Right. Love it. Love it. So, um, you know, I like I like asking this question of of alumni. While while you were here, was was there was there something? Um, and, and I like to I like to ask in you know, a two part right it was there an enduring memory, right whether it's like a a sunset at bishops or you know or um, or, or a meaningful experience that you had with friends um, that that really stands out um, and was there a professional development experience that really stood out in terms of um, you know propelling you forward? so two part question there.
1: Yeah um i think just as far as ex- as experience goes um when i remember college i think about my roommates yeah i had the same set of roommates for three years i think right. about my polyscapes community and then i just think about um so many people that were involved in the rec program the eim program yeah. and just you know whether it be downtown um, like seeing live music, just being in slow as the sun's setting, looking around, you're seeing a couple of the sisters, you're with incredible people. I just remember feeling like super, super lucky to be able to live and exist in San Luis. Um, I think that's just kind of my most nostalgic thought. And I'm so lucky to still be around because I get those feelings all the time. So
0: yeah, well, I, I'm with you there. We we just got back mm-hmm. from from LA and, and, um, you know, it's great and all, but it's just not slow. <laughs> when I pull back into slow, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm very glad to be home. I uh, totally. just, just love it. We, we are so lucky and, um, and, uh, and that's so right. So let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about ASI and what that experience was like for you as mm-hmm. an undergraduate. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. And being, um, you know, I I've I talked to you beforehand about my experience in, in campus recreation. I, I worked for for three years in, um, <clears throat> at NC State as the assistant director of club sports, and um, and and we'll get into your current role, of course. But um, I just I'm 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 struck by what great opportunities that campus recreation um, provides for students in terms of professional development right mm-hmm. and that that student development piece is a part of just about every campus recreation program in the in the world really you know what i mean mm-hmm. because they employ so many students to do things and they give so many students opportunities to be leaders so i wonder if you can can talk a little bit about what that was like. Um, you, you worked for almost two years as a PolyEscapes um, trip leader here during your undergraduate career. What, yeah. what was that? What was that like? Tell us about that.
1: I just remember feeling super fortunate to be a part of that community first and foremost because those people are still some of my best friends. Um, Yeah, I just remember feeling super fortunate. And as you said, having my mind open to the possibilities as students on Cal Poly's campus. I mean, I truly mean it when I say every single major at Cal Poly, somebody that is studying anything could find an applicable student position within ASI. And like you said, I mean, so much of that job was, yeah pulling gear for our trips and cleaning it and going grocery shopping and planning the trips. That's all great. But so much of that job was also sitting down with my peers, giving each other feedback, learning to give someone else feedback, learning to give somebody that's in a position of superiority feedback. Um, Having my boss, Matt Eaton, my predecessor at the time, um, give me feedback. I mean, it's just such a unique opportunity that I don't want to say you won't find elsewhere, but that, like you said, is specific to campus recreation because as much as we can, we're trying to contribute really well-rounded people to the workforce. And like, we really do care about each student that works for us. It's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I I love it for a couple different reasons. I think that, um, and, and I, I said this, and I do believe this. I, I do believe that each and every university has, um, in their campus recreation program, they have a commitment to student development, and mm-hmm. it's because of what we just said, right? That that they employ so many students that they have to give them leadership roles. Um, but I think it's, I think it's particularly special at a place like Cal Poly, we learn by doing at its core because you also have that element, right? Because mm-hmm. some of the student development in other places, it's real, but it's not quite to the level that I think the Cal Poly sees it as with right. what I'm doing. And um, and so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, just, uh, just amazing. So let's talk. Um, let's talk next about your um i guess we'll call them your your gap years right uh, <laughs> in between um in between Cal Poly and coming back to Cal Poly right and yep. uh, and it's fitting since um there's uh there's a uh, we'll we'll talk about the the gap experience, right? Uh, but yes. uh, so you you got a job as a as a park interpretive specialist, right with yes. with California state parks. Tell us about that experience um and and um what that was like, how you got the position. okay I think um you know you probably during your career, you probably heard me talk about how you know, only a very small percentage of our students want to be park rangers. and so <laughs> We, we, we try to tell our students not to lead by saying parks and rec, because then you have to reel people back in for being uh, seeing you in one of those uh, park ranger outfits, right? But yeah. you're one of those lucky ones who actually really wanted <laughs> to be a park ranger, right? Or or got true. some experience as a park ranger. So tell yeah. us what that was like.
1: That's so funny that you say that, because I remember people that want to plan weddings or large corporate events. Yeah. They're like, huh? Like parks, what? I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, I
0: love (laughs) it. I love it. Well, whenever I use that example, I try to say not that we don't love park rangers because we (laughs) do love park rangers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I would just say that um, having the 1,000 hours requirement Mm -hmm. was definitely something that seemed daunting at first but was so incredibly useful in lighting the fire underneath me to seek these experiences Uh because I feel like a thousand hours is just enough where it's not just volunteer hours. You really kind of need to commit to a few things if you want to knock those out quickly. Right. And so I originally worked at the county with Matt Mole, who actually was on the podcast. Yes. this
0: so so uh, fun. I was gonna say, and I've I've been so yeah, backed that up by bringing park rangers onto the podcast. Yeah, and I love it. Did you did you listen to the one with Matt?
1: I absolutely did. Yeah, he's he's incredible, and I worked out with him out at Lopez.
2: Right on. Um,
1: doing some general seasonal work, but also specifically focusing on interpretation, which. Right is a fancy word for environmental education. Yeah. So I got my foot in the door there and kind of decided that I really liked the teaching element of parks. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that was super cool about the county that he mentioned is there really are general generalists. They're um, electricians and plumbers and customer service representatives and catchers. Yeah. And emergency (laughs) response. They, They do it all. Yeah. So that was a really nice experience. I got a lot of exposure, but yeah, I was very interested in the teaching element specifically.
2: Love that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, did that for a while. Um, <clears throat> and then specifically hopped to state parks. Um, my boss, Danielle, who is down in the Oceano dunes,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: I believe actually came and spoke in one of Marnie's classes.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Um,
1: and I, that wasn't, um, you know, initially when I applied, but I remember recognizing her in my interview from that experience. Uh So I had just looked on outdoor jobs websites and had found that seasonal position. And that was perfect because I happened to be funneled into the interpretive team. Mm -hmm. So we were doing, um, educational programs. We, um, operated out of the Pismo state beach, butterfly grove, Oh. So it's super cool opportunity school groups. We did Northern Chumash Education. We did ATV safety. I mean, just really teaching the public about everything that goes on within our park.
0: Love it. Love it. It's yeah. So so great. And um, and I could definitely see where you would catch a bug for teaching, um, mm-hmm. for teaching with that um in a position like that. Um so Let's talk a little bit about GAP since I mentioned GAP. You know, you you yeah. did some uh, you did some work as well up in um up in Oregon, and I guess that was um was that after or did you do that as a seasonal type thing um where you where you were able to go and lead programs up there? What what was the deal with that?
1: Gotcha. So that company, um, Adventures Cross Country, I originally worked with right out of college. And so mm-hmm. I got a job with them leading a three-week trip to Ecuador and the Galapagos. I don't know how I lucked out.
0: <laughs> I, I really say. don't. That's yeah. tough. That's gotta, that was really tough <laughs> Of that, huh?
1: Yeah, it was an incredible experience. But yeah, I mean, we took a group of 15, or let's see, 12, 15-year-olds, I believe. Cool. Um, yeah, and we traveled for three weeks and they trained me and I met their full-time staff and kind of became a part of that community. Uh-huh. And that was just a really great summer intro. And then I actually reapplied for them um last year for what they call their gap semester, which is uh-huh. a 10-week um super immersive service learning travel semester. And so uh-huh. I was everywhere from Hawaii to the Pacific Northwest to Utah. Um and we just did a ton of travel, ton of student development stuff. Yeah. And that was kind of like a, a longer stint with them um, last
0: year. Right, 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 right. Now we we talked about it. So you, you got you got a little bit of a teaching bug. Mm-hmm. Um so you started back here at Cal Poly in the teaching credential program. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of our, um, former students can, can relate there because I've, I've known we've had many over the years to go back and become teachers or, or get their, get credentialed and whatnot. And so you, you started into that program and, and tell us kind of like, um, what transpired. I know you said earlier when we talked that, um, that you, just, you you got lucky it was some good there were some good timing elements yeah. going on there um so talk about kind of that process and the decision making um that that led you to accept the position that you're currently working in
1: absolutely so i had gotten back from that trip and i actually had found out on that trip that 10 weeker that i had been admitted to the single subject credential program at Cop Poly, which mm-hmm. could not recommend enough the most incredible network Of full-time professors and students it's so interesting like how passionate everybody is about their subject and so i remember kind of sitting um i was sitting at my park job and i was thinking like okay now's the time to seek out some higher education because covid was happening a lot of things were online a lot of requirements had either been waived or just made more accessible um and they you know teachers were really, really needed. And so I actually had a good friend who was <laughs> sitting next to me at my parks desk. His name is Evan. And we did the same work. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I just applied to be a science teacher. I think I want to be a science teacher. And I remember yeah. saying, yeah. I can be a science teacher. When does the application close? And he's like, uh-huh. tomorrow. <laughs> nice. So I just pulled everything I could together. They admitted me and I was going to teach biology. And my reasoning there was every position that I had held previously, I felt would have been really well supplemented by some actual teaching theories. Right. It was like, if I, I love teaching, but you know, a teaching credential could never hurt. It's only going to help right. my ability to, you know, give information to other people. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I fired that up and, Met some really incredible professors, had a really incredible cohort, um, finished some summer classes, finished my fall classes. In the middle of my fall classes, I get a call about my current job opening. And I had worked directly under the man that held this position before. So I knew, you know, I can't say I knew everything about it, but I was pretty familiar with what this position looked like. Right. I never would have thought. I mean, I kind of saw this position for myself, maybe seven to 10 years down the road.
2: Right. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I never would have thought that it would have um, just opened and that I would even really be considered. Um, And I remember thinking I have to apply. I absolutely have to apply. I don't know what's going to happen, but this will be, even if I don't get it, it'll be the most comprehensive interview process. Yeah. You know, such good experience. Um, so I applied and I went through, I believe, three rounds of interviews um, wow. with Michelle being one of them who was also on the podcast.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I went through a couple of rounds, I ended up getting the position. And um, then I had a decision to make. And I just kind of knew if I got this, that it was really aligned with what I wanted to do. It combines. Yeah teaching and the development side but it also combines this kind of stability and programming side Mm -hmm. that I feel like I was really good at and I also was really craving after just working seasonally yeah so I mean it was just an opportunity to yeah really combine a few things that I was super passionate about so I um yeah, I actually stepped away from the teaching credential program. I just got to watch them graduate in June, so they yeah. are all off to be incredible science teachers. Yeah, but yeah, it was kind of a tough decision. Um, it was sure. my first time, kind of, um, yeah, pulling out of something prematurely and right. taking a different direction. So it was pretty interesting.
0: Right. Well, sometimes um, life uh, life throws you curveballs that way, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're they're really good curveballs that are that are hanging that we can hit out of the park, right? There's my, there's my uh, yeah. sports analogy for you, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I love it. And, you know, um, I just, I just think you're so well suited for this, uh, for this position. And um so excited for you. Dr. G um, told me about it a, a couple months back and she was, and, and I said, well, I'm going to, I'm gonna set it aside so that I can remember to invite Sarah to the podcast once she gets her her sea legs under her. And yes. um, and so um, so let's talk about those sea legs, right? Yeah. Like um, you've um, you you've been in the position now for for what? I guess it's been um, y- you started back in the fall, correct, or was it um, January?
1: It was January. It was so January. going yeah. on about seven months?
0: Yeah, right on. So, yeah. so let's talk about what's the day to day like. Um, uh, is um, or is there a day to day? You know, <laughs> I always I'll, I'll always preface that with uh, people in our in our, our our industry, right? That one of the things right. I think that that so many of us love about the experience industry is there is no typical day-to-day, but mm-hmm. uh, but if you could um, describe what you do on a typical day, what would you say it is?
1: Yeah. Well, I often describe it to people um, in the following way. And I say that I have three children and You're one right. of my children is the Polyescapes Trips Program. Right. The second of my children is the Polyescapes Rental Center. And the third is our Polyescapes climbing park. Right. And those are three completely separate yet like beautifully combined program areas mm-hmm. that kind of fall under the umbrella of student affairs, ASI, Polyescapes, then those are my three. <laughs>
0: right. So I, I love. Yeah. It. Which one? Which one takes up? Which one of your children is the most demanding?
1: <laughs> I would say that that my trip's child is the most demanding.
0: Yeah, it's
1: yeah. um quite a beast, but yeah, it is so one much that planning, I planning right. Yeah, it is one that I feel super fortunate and just very personally connected to. So mm. you know, in that sense, it makes it easy.
2: Of course, but yeah,
1: day to day is um. It's a lot of coordination work. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of administrative work. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I'm not necessarily always in the sun greeting people at the climbing park. A lot of times, I'm working on payroll. A lot of times, I'm working on you know student staff development or hiring or um, budgeting. Or going to
0: say like inventory control, (laughs) right? Like that's a huge one with the with the rental, right? Because totally. Yeah, you've got to buy, you're, you're buying and selling and you're maintaining and you're making yep. sure that there's there's quality control aspects in place. Yep. And and you're not just renting out anything. You're renting out something that if it doesn't work, it could be life or death. And that's <laughs> um, that's not that's not something to take lightly. And so uh, right. what about. um uh, you, you know, what would you say when you when you think when someone's thinking about outdoor recreation, right? And a, as a career, yeah. Um, what would you say is the one, um, or not not just one? You don't have to boil it down to one, but what what, what do you think um, separates you? What do you think um, makes your your job easier in terms of a skill that you develop, developed?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that um, if you're interested in a little bit of the administrative programming side, definitely organization, whatever that looks like for you. And sometimes for me, it's physical written lists and putting stuff in files and mm-hmm. I have to separate it in my brain sometimes like, okay, today's a rental center day. Let's do inventory. Let's do purchasing.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I would say just organizational and, and administrative skills. Um, And the second, I would actually say, like from a logistic perspective, would be certifications within the industry. These are um, so valuable, specifically with outdoor recreation and the liability that comes along with that, whether it be a climbing certification, a wilderness medicine certification. Mm -hmm. Um, They're incredible ways to meet people within the industry. They're incredible things to put on your resume. And they're also just really um, important for kind of getting your footing when it comes to industry standard, which is Uh a huge thing within campus and outdoor recreation. Yeah. So I am just super grateful for the certifications I've been able to kind of um, compile for that reason.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and when you're working for for something like ASI, right? Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. A, as a student, um, you, you get supported, right? In in help in helping you to get those certifications, right? Be, so as a trips yeah. leader, as a trips leader, did they help you in terms of making sure you had um, wilderness first responder or first mm-hmm. aid CPR that sort of stuff? Did Did they support yeah. you?
1: There? Um It's always looked a little different. There always has been some level of support. Um, and, you know, one of the things I'm looking at is just increasing that as much as possible. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, wilderness first aid, uh, first aid CPR, these are things that I've been certified to teach. So, I'm uh-huh. hoping to just be able to offer these a little more accessibly because
2: uh-huh.
1: um, it's not a super common certification. It's fairly common, but okay. um, a lot of times it requires people to kind of have to venture out to find uh-huh. one. So yeah. that's been a really cool development um but yeah, there's always been a level of support from a s i whether it be a conference or
0: mm-hmm. attending
1: a workshop, that kind of thing that's that's always really encouraged.
0: love it, love it well, um a couple of other questions um yeah. obviously, um you know you were. Uh, you know you you got out of school um you know right before a global pandemic hit and um and I know that 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 was that was really hard you know on on so many people over the last few years and and um but one industry that that really thrived during that period was um was the outdoor outdoor recreation industry right people People took to the trails. They took to um, they they took to doing outdoor things, and and we saw you know places like REI, and um, really saw an increase in in people buying more more gear. Um, I wonder if you can reflect on that and what you've seen in the industry. Do you do you see more? You know, has there been a bounce back? Um, Did you have do you have more demand with? with students at Cal Poly wanting to go on trips and poly escapes and that sort of thing. Um, Are you getting more people um, applying for trip leader positions, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So I guess I should just say that, unfortunately, because, you know, we're part of the university, the trips program was not something that was able to operate under, you know, COVID's reign, two-year reign. Right. Um, so luckily, there was a small community that has kind of banded together, and we're just, we're just rebuilding, and we're working on yeah. what that looks like, making things more accessible, making things more efficient. It's just a good opportunity to kind of make a couple of shifts. And so I would say because it's been something that people have kind of heard about, oh, I've heard about polyscapes, but I've never seen anything about it, there is a lot of interest. And so we're working really hard to to get things back for this next year. And um, I think we're going to start pretty small, but it looks like there's a lot of people interested in kind of having those experiences apart from campus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of people that might not have access to a vehicle that would love to see what the Central Coast has to offer. Yeah. Um, So we're really excited to kind of start back with that. Um, and then as far as parks, the shifts that I noticed when working down in the Oceano Dunes was actually a really positive one. Um, f- we offered programs to students all over the United States, and this was through, um, ports, which is parks, online resources for teachers and students.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we would set up an iPad and we would be able to teach a Monarch butterfly program to students across the country. Oh, wow. And so while that was always kind of in the works, that really came full circle during COVID and was actually just a really beautiful benefit. Um, uh-huh. Things were just made super accessible. Um, and that was something that I remember feeling was a positive. See, these students that would never get to travel to the West Coast to see the monarch butterflies can kind of interact with them in a way that
0: we didn't enough. think they'd
1: be able to. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. So. So when you when you when you look to the future and um uh and you think about um advice that you might give for uh, your former self, right? I, I like to frame it to frame it as that, right? Um what what advice what advice would you give to your former self if uh, your former self was uh on the precipice of a career in outdoor recreation? Um what advice would you give?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if I would give this is advice I got from my father. So, I can wow. just pretend that I came up with it and I'm giving it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, love,
0: I love it. I love it. Shout out to dad. <laughs> yeah, he said
1: he said sometimes work experience is going to be a lot more about finding out what you do not want to do than what you do want to do. Yeah. And he said that is still every bit as valuable. So finding out, Hey, maybe this isn't for me is still super useful information to have going forward.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, and teaching was not, um, that wasn't really what happened with me in teaching. I mean, I thought I was going to be a teacher, but you know, I got to experience exactly what that was like, even if it didn't um, necessarily come full circle, Mm -hmm. it was an experience that I had that Mm. I now have that context. So yeah. Um, even if you don't like a job that much, or even if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not like negatively affecting you in a terrible way, like yeah. it's still really useful information. It's still connections. It's still all of those things.
0: Absolutely. I, I could not agree any more strongly with, with that. And I think your, your dad, uh, and through your dad, you gave some good <laughs> advice there too. You know, I, I, um, I, 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 totally agree i had i had a number of internships that um i was able to cross off the list right yeah. of of things that i, de- I definitely realized i didn't want to do and um and y- you don't know until until you get into those experiences and I, I think the one thing that you have to be careful of there is not build uh burning bridges i think some really? people some people get into those experiences and they have it they they're, they they may get jaded or they may mm-hmm. get um you know they may get bitter about it and um and you shouldn't you should treat each and every experience um as as learning as as a learning experience and something that that builds you you know i mean i i right out of college um i pff, burned through um a ton of, uh, of money that, um, had been saved for me, for my grandmother, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and failed at starting a business. And, um, and, you know, that was a really tough period in my life, but I know that I learned so much from that, that, that is, um, is so valuable for me to this day. And so, um, um, yeah, you got to treat each experience as a learning experience. Um, now, now um you're you're in your first year right here mm-hmm. with ASI and back at Cal Poly a, a dream job for so <laughs> many uh Cal Poly um, Mustangs who want to get back to San Luis Obispo. And um mm-hmm. and so when you when you look to the future, what do you what do you um what do you hope to build there at ASI? You know, you've got uh, M- Michelle was just uh named recently to the to um the permanent executive director yeah. position so that's excited exciting for us to have a, an alum there totally. um at the very top and excited to have you there as coordinator of outdoor recreation um what what do you hope to build so a two-part question here okay. what do you what do you see yourself building um in terms of, of trying to build a legacy with, with polyescapes mm-hmm. and, and outdoor recreation and how can those who listen and are um, uh, are interested in outdoor recreation? What What advice would you give them to to get involved um, and totally. in, and in, in, um along those lines?
1: Yeah. So as far as what I hope to build, I have to speak to the incredible structure that has been built before my time. So I would say first and foremost, just kind of continuing to keep that incredible system running. So many uh incredible alumni. I mean, the program dates back to the sixties. So, um, first and foremost, it would just be continuing to be a part of its, its history and its legacy.
2: Um,
1: with that being said in just increasing access, which I feel like is something we hear so often, but actually finding tangible ways to, um, increase access and to kind of, um, expand, on who feels represented within our outdoor community at Cal Poly. Um, representation is really huge, whether it be with my staff or, you know, our participants. And so just being intentional about creating an inclusive and accessible, creating inclusive and accessible offerings, um, whether that be dropping costs, just getting creative in whatever way we can to ensure that, um, you know, this isn't a program only for folks who, have themselves or parents have wild disposable income.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So that's really what I'm looking at. That's what essentially everyone on my team is really focused on at the end of the day. Um, Yeah. And as far as advice for people looking to get involved, I just have to, I cannot speak enough to how crucial it was that I had my feet on the ground whether it be with parks, whether it be with guiding, whether it be with education, whether it be Mm -hmm. with, you know, trip leading first. And I got to gain all this experience. I mean, it might not be, it's a good entry-level job. All of these are. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: getting and gaining that experience allowed me to know exactly what goes on in a position that I currently hold, for instance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm doing my work, I think about wow, this would be super challenging had I not previously been a trip leader. Right. Or had I not previously like had climbing experience or knew where the facilities are and all of these things that like somebody right. could totally come in and learn. It would just, it was just so useful Yeah, to have that kind of entry-level experience and that global view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I ever wanted to return to parks in the future, like, I kind of understand what avenues exist. What yeah. people in higher positions do, yeah. what their day to day looks like. So, I would just say never hesitate to take a position that is maybe entry level, but you know, still super useful. Yeah. Um, and as far as getting involved in polyscapes, we have an Instagram where we post a lot of our uh, just upcoming events, ASI polyscapes, and people can always reach out to me. I love talking to students that are interested in guiding interpretation parks, anything.
0: So I was going to say, reach out and say hello, right?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, drop by and say hello. I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. So great to see you. I'm so happy that you've, uh, that you've come, come home to, to Cal Poly and, um and are, are working um with ASI and wish you a long and successful career. All right. Thank you. I really so appreciate much. you having me. Of course. See ya. Bye. Bye.